Hello, how are you? My name is Elizabeth Dale and for those of you that don't know me, perhaps this is your first time listening, I am a Cornish writer and blogger. Um, I am also um, a cheese lover and an obsessive buyer of books. Yes, this is a confession guys, my house can't take any more, please stop me. Firstly, I have to apologise, I guess, because I haven't been here for a really long time. Um, It feels like a really long time. It's a few weeks, definitely. So I'm sorry about that. Um, No excuses, really. Life just has been weird and busy and weirdly busy. Um, So I'm sorry and uh, I hope you forgive me and I am back. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I saw an article um, a few weeks ago now, back in the beginning of October, about a flawless 102 carat diamond that uh, was basically the size of a hen's egg um, that had been sold at auction in Sotheby's for like 12 million pounds. And it reminded me of a story that I wrote about a little while ago. And I thought, oh, actually... I think it might be time to revisit that and talk to you guys about it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So the Regent Diamond has uh, been on display for many years in the Louvre in Paris, um, since about 1887, I think. And this beautiful diamond is widely thought of as um, the most attractive, but also the purest diamond in the world. And it's also known by another name. It was once called the Pitt Diamond after Thomas Pitt of Beconic uh, near Loswithiel. But for Pitt, this precious stone, uh, rather than bringing him great wealth, actually brought him nothing but scandal and misfortune. And our story of the Pitt Diamond begins a long way from Cornwall. Actually, it begins in India, in the city of Madras, where Thomas Pitt was the governor. While he was out there, he met a merchant who offered him a massive uncut diamond uh, for sale um, and he bought it. It was like more than 400 carats and cost him £20,000, which in 1701, I'm sure you can imagine, was a huge amount of money. I worked it out, actually. It's more than... Um, two million pounds in today's money Uh, but back then it would have worked out at 600 years wages for uh, an ordinary tradesman so yeah a, a huge amount of money for this diamond In 1702, Thomas Pitt returned to Cornwall and he, of course, brought the diamond with him. He smuggled it, apparently, in the heel of his son Robert's boot. And once back in the UK, Pitt sent the stone to London to be shaped and polished. And the work actually took two years and cost him £5,000. But by this time, things had started to turn a little bit sour Uh, for Pitt around the provenance of the stone and all these rumours started to circulate about how he had actually acquired it. There were all these stories that the diamond had been stolen from the mine in Andhra Pradesh in India where it had originally been discovered, that it had been stolen by a slave working in the mine who had somehow 
hidden the diamond in a large wound in his thigh. Really strange story. But anyway, after that, it brought the slave really, really bad luck. He was eventually murdered by a sea captain who then sold the diamond on to the merchant that eventually sold it to Pitt. So Pitt's name was basically mud publicly. He, he was vilified in the newspapers and you could argue that it was kind of justified. He, he did take that diamond out of India. You could say that he stole it because he, he didn't pay any duty on it and he knew that he was doing something wrong because he, he smuggled it in his son's shoe. Anyway, Pitt's reputation was severely damaged by this diamond. And I kind of have to wonder what he thought he was going to do with it. I mean, here you have a diamond that is still considered to be the purest diamond in the world. It's at least like a couple of inches across, you know, a couple of inches square. It's huge. It's not the kind of thing that you can just wear. This is the kind of thing that royalty has, not some estate owner in Cornwall. Anyway, Pitt may have come to the same conclusion as I have because he decided that he needed to sell this diamond, that it was far much more trouble than it was worth. But his problems didn't end there. He really struggled to sell it and he ended up approaching practically all the royal families across Europe and eventually he sold it to France. King Philip of France bought the diamond in 1717 for £175,000 and its name was obviously changed from the Pitt Diamond to the Regent Diamond and it has become part of um, the French crown jewels, was used in the crown uh, for various monarchs including uh, King Louis XV for his coronation in 1722 and apparently Mary Antoinette wore it in her hat, of course she did. Anyway, these days you can go and view the Louvre, or you could go and view the diamond in the Louvre. Um, since about 1877, it's been uh, in their care. And it's now estimated to be worth a whopping £48 million. So yeah, pretty cool. So that's the story of the Pitt Diamond, or the Regency Diamond, whatever you want to call it. The purest diamond in the world and its connections to Cornwall. And while I was recording this uh, for you about the Pitt Diamond, it actually made me think about The Welcome Stranger. Now, have you heard of The Welcome Stranger? I mean, I think that's just a brilliant name for any object. The Welcome Stranger is actually a gold nugget that was found in the Victoria goldfields by two Cornish miners in like 1869. Now these two miners were John Deason and Richard Oates and they found this gold nugget which was huge. I mean it was 11 stone which is like 72 kilograms but they found it just beneath the surface of the ground and I guess for them it was like a welcome stranger because it weighed like the same as a whole human. I mean, it was huge. And when they tried to dig it up, it was so heavy that it actually broke the pick. They had to go and get a couple of crowbars to, to prise it out of the ground. There's some amazing photographs online that you can go and look at that just 
I can't describe how how big this piece of gold is. Um, so yeah, go go and have a look at those. But basically, our, our two Cornish miners uh, in the depths of Australia became millionaires overnight. You know, they they made their fortunes on this one amazing find. And there's actually a monument on the spot where they they found the welcome stranger. So there you go, another place on my bucket list to go and see. So that's kind of it from me. Um, if you want some more uh, stories about Cornish miners in uh, weird and wonderful places, just go back a couple of episodes um, to number six, I think, and you'll find a whole episode about Cousin Jacks uh, in Arizona and the various mishaps and adventures that they got up to there. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed spending a bit of time with me today. Thank you so, so much for listening. I do really appreciate it. And I would also appreciate any feedback that you have for me. I want to hear what you think. Let's make this uh, a friendly, interactive kind of space. Let's do it. Okay, thank you guys. That's it from me. Bye now.